This is episode 60, season 3, and you are listening to Heart Repair, a relationship podcast to help people recover from breakups, divorces, and friendships ending. The song that was just playing, um, the song that you were listening to, is actually a song um, by Ned Love featuring, I believe his name is Corey Stew. And you can get that whole song on Neb Love, that's N-E-B-L-U-V dot bandcamp.com again that's neblove.bandcamp.com go show my girl some love she got some heat you know i was listening today on instagram it looked like she got some new heat so you know she's dope go check her out now my name is kim savage and i am your host welcome and thank you so much for listening if you would like to connect with me you can follow me on dot savage life that's my new Instagram. It's Doc Savage Life. Doc underscore Savage underscore Life. So that's D-O-C underscore S-A-V-A-G-E underscore L-Y-F-E. It'll be in the show notes so um, you can check it out. Follow me, okay? Um, it used to be One Yacht Doc, but, uh, you know, I created a new page. So don't ask no questions. Just follow me there. <laughs> now, if you also would like to, you know, get in touch with me, you know, share your thoughts uh, about the podcast or just want to reach out, you know, you can email me at heartrepairpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's heartrepairpodcast at gmail.com. This episode is called Opening Up About My Personal Heartbreak Experiences. Um you know, I'm hoping that I don't regret doing this particular um, episode, just opening up. This is kind of difficult for me because I really don't open up about, you know, heartbreaks from the past. You know, um, I actually had to fix myself a mimosa and uh, I got a cranberry mimosa right now so I could just relax because this is different for me, you know, to really talk about it. I did talk a little bit about um, my uh, just uh, love heartbreak experiences in um, an episode called um, Meet Kim Savage. Uh, I believe that's episode 25. Um, you can listen to that too. Episode 25, Meet Kim Savage. I do talk about some of my experiences in love and heartbreak and these types of things. Okay, so I decided uh, to take this direction because I met this woman, you know, via a dating platform, okay? And, you know, she inquired about my podcast. And I spoke to her about it a little bit. You know, I told her it was a relationship podcast helping people to, you know, recover from breakups and this and that. And I asked her, you know, hey, listen to it. Check it out and uh, provide me with some feedback if you can. You know, I would really appreciate it. So, she responded with, you know, when people uh, ask for feedback, they're usually asking for compliments, you know, but I like to give thorough critiques. So I was like, thorough critiques? Like, I don't even know you. Like, I don't even know if you're qualified <laughs> to give me a thorough critique on my podcast. You know, I didn't say that to her, but I'm thinking this is interesting that she wants to give me a thorough critique on my podcast but anyway I'm a Gemini maybe I'm overthinking it I don't know but you know this is what I thought so you know I responded you know to her and I said you know it's interesting that you you take this angle and uh, I said you know no I would rather you just give me you know some honest feedback you know um, you don't have to give me a thorough uh, 
you know, critique <laughs> about my podcast. And guess what she did? She sent me a thorough critique of my podcast. You know, uh, I didn't ask her for that. That was very intrusive, I felt. You know, uh, I told her, you know, hey, I would appreciate some feedback. Feedback is brief. You know, hey, you liked it or you didn't like it. It wasn't your cup of tea, you know, or it was your cup of tea. There were some takeaways uh, or, you know, I'm not going through a breakup. So I didn't really, you know, something like that. But a thir- she had given me ideas and, you know, a lot of different ideas and, and, and uh, suggestions and how I need to reformat my, you know, structure my podcast and this and that. And I'm like thinking, uh, excuse me, hello, knock, knock, knock. <laughs> so, but anyway, you know, hey, I'm going to do, do me the way I want to do me. You feel me? Unless I ask you for that, then, you know. Provided, but you know, I didn't ask for that. I just asked for some feedback. She didn't do that. She just gave me a whole thorough critique. I just thanked her. You know, I thanked her and I expressed my appreciation, you know, for, um, you know, her taking the time to critique my podcast. And she actually has some pretty good ideas. You know, she has some cool ideas and it wasn't rough. You know, she was very considerate. She was very, you know, gentle with with what she needed to say and and things like that. It wasn't rude or anything. She didn't come across, you know, rude or anything like that. Um, She just, uh, you know, gave some suggestions and things like that. So anyway, uh, she just, uh, she never responded to me, you know. She never responded to me. Um, I guess she just came back, came by to us. throw her little stones and she just skirted out on me like, like she didn't even respond. Like she just disappeared. So, I mean, Hey, uh, so, you know, Hey, if it ain't meant to be, it ain't going to be, you know, but I do, if she's just so happening, if, if just so happens, she's listening. I just want to thank you because you've inspired this episode. So you did, you know, it was effective. You inspired this episode and I want to thank you. You know, you did suggest that uh, she did suggest that I, you know, talk about some of my personal uh, relationship experiences. So here I am doing that. So um, I'm going to just uh, I guess I'll just jump right into it. Uh, like I said today, the uh, the title is opening up about my personal heartbreak experiences. I don't really open up much about my personal heartbreaks because I don't feel the need to make my podcast about me, you know, and I prefer to provide encouragement and support to others. I also feel that there's always two sides to every story, you know, and I feel like it's unfair, you know, to the people that um, are involved in whatever I'm talking about, you know, they don't get to tell their side of the story. Even if I don't say any names, like I'm not going to say any names, of course, you know, um, but there may be people listening that know, you know, if I describe certain things a certain way, somebody may know, you know, who I'm talking about. And so that kind of, you know, uh, doesn't really balance things out. You know, it's, it's, doesn't give that person a a chance to, you know, um, speak their truth and, and how they feel about what happened, you know? So, um, you know, I know that I have a lot of people listening to me, you know, I have different people listening to me. Um, they may not listen to every episode, but I know that I do have people from my past, you know, listening here and there. Sometimes I know that I have people who know me, they are listening. You know, I have people, I know that they listen to me because I see that they following me on all my pages. Like I have about four or five Instagram pages. I got people following me. Some people are following me on every page. If they find me that interesting, then they just find me that interesting, you know? Um, and they want to follow me on every page that I have, you know? So, um, I am going to say that I'm going to be, you know, 
I'm not going to, some things I may not say, you know, just because I feel that it maybe it's one person listening that if I describe this person to a T, they're going to be like, oh, okay, now they know that their business or, you know, whatever. I just want you to know that I'm doing this in, in the most love that I could possibly do it in. Um, I don't like to talk about certain things too, because sometimes you appear to be a victim. Like I don't want to be in this victim role type of thing. You know, um, it is true that you should share your truth though. It's okay to share your truth. It's just, I don't like pointing the fingers at people. You know, it could be their fault though. You feel me? It could really be their fault, but, um, it takes two to tangle and, uh, people have their reasons. When a person exits a, a relationship, you know, people have their reasons. You know, I have my reasons when I exited relationships. You know, the, the women that I've dated, they had their reasons, you see, for exiting the relationship. Now, let me jump into this because I can go on and on and on. So now, um, the main reason why I started this podcast was because of my experiences with the pain of heartbreak. Like, I've had some very excruciating experiences like they have really like changed me some of my heartbreaks have changed me it's it's they can transform you sometimes you know which is a good thing you know um and i'll talk about that more so but uh you know not so long ago um uh, i would say maybe about what two years ago uh, my attachment style was anxious insecure and um your, attach, your attachment style is developed in your early childhood. People with this attachment style are very clingy people. You know, they're needy, they're clingy. They usually like a lot of affection, a lot of attention. Um, they long for attention, affection. Uh, and they, if there's an underlying fear, you know, there too, of uh, the person really not loving them or liking them, or they, they may feel like they're not enough. Uh, they're usually the chaser. You know, in a relationship, they'll chase you down. <laughs> you know, uh, a person with an anxious attachment style, they will probably ch they will chase you down. You know, uh, they'll they'll come after you. It's not a good feeling to feel like you know a person doesn't want you. You know, or they're not interested in you. You feel this rejection, or you may feel this um, this feeling of like. You're losing them, you know, with this kind of attachment style, you just, you don't feel like you're uh, adequate. You don't feel like you're really enough uh, or, you know, you don't, you don't feel like a person would, would want to love you genuinely sometimes, you know, it's, it's, it's a, um, I don't know, it's, it's not good, but it's something that I had. I had the I had that type of attachment style. Uh, about it pretty pretty much ended two years ago. You know, it was a process fixing my attachment style. You know, and it was these breakups and and people that I had relationships with that helped me to um, fix this uh, attachment style. It is closer to being. Uh, secure now, like a secure, this is what everybody wants. You want to have a secure love attachment style. You know, you're not worried if, if your lover doesn't call you in about six hours, you're not worried about it. You still feel like they love you. You still know they love you. You know, you don't, you don't, you're not anxious about anything. You know, if, uh, you know, cause see people with this attachment style, they'll text you paragraphs, you know, trying to talk to you, trying to reach out to you, uh, trying to get that validation, trying to get, you know, a, a, a affirmate that you're trying to get affirmed, reaffirmed, you know, reassurance, you know, they'll, they'll, um, want to talk and want to communicate. And they ask a lot of questions sometimes, you know, do you love me? Uh, do you want to be with me? Are you sure? Like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, it's a lot of insecurities there. It's not, it's not a, some people like this people with, uh, uh anxious attachment styles because they're very, it just depends. They're very affectionate, and because if you if you have uh, an avoidance kind of attachment style, you're going to want someone with a anxious because they'll chase you. Because you a person with an avoidance attachment style, they act like they don't want no love. 
They act like they, you know, they act like they're good. Like, no, don't come near me. They're pushing you away. They're spending a lot of time alone. But in, in actuality, they do want you. When they say no, they really mean yes. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like if what they say, um, you know, I, I don't want to spend time. They might really mean, I do really want to spend time. Like, I really feel lonely. I do miss you. But they won't tell you because they have this avoidance uh, attachment style. They have like this fear of getting close to people. Um, but someone with an anxious attachment style is going to pursue them, you know. So um, people, uh, it's really good to, to see what kind of attachment style you have because it can answer a lot of questions for you. I met this woman in 2015 that helped me begin my journey with fixing my attachment style. She would actually ghost me a lot and it hurt a lot. I had never had anybody to ghost me like that, you know? Um, and it just, it just really just, I don't know. I don't know how to explain the pain that I would feel when she would do that to me, you know? So I decided to stop being attached to, pe to people um, because I realized that people may not stay forever. You know, I just decided, you know, I'm not going to get attached to people like that. I'm going to find a way not to be so attached, you know. And I just started first working on my texting. My texting, I decided, uh, you know, if if I text someone something one time, you know, and then they, they don't respond, not to double up, you know, not to double up. And matter of fact, someone had told me that this guy, he had told me, um, he said, hey, you know what, when I, when you, you know, with these females, you know, what you got to do is <laughs> if you text them one time and they don't text you back, do not double up your texts. Don't double up your texts. This is what he said. And, um, you know, that was very helpful. I had kind of discovered it before he told me that, but he confirmed it. He actually confirmed it, but it just helped me to just like, I stopped chasing. You know, I just stopped chasing people. Uh, I stopped putting forth so much effort to um, maintain these relationships because it was really fear anyway. It was just fear and it was selfish. You know, I needed something. I needed some affection. I needed some love. I needed some reassurance. I needed, you know, some words of affirmation, you know, or something like that. I needed uh, validation, something for me. You know, it wasn't about them. It was about me. I had to realize it was about me. So I changed that up first. But um, I also just, I just realized that people may not stay forever when she was ghosting me coming in and out. Um, and I take accountability. I was allowing her to come in and out, to leave, to ghost me out of nowhere and come back. You know, so um, even though I had people, you know, in my life, uh, I was, I was super lonely during that time too, you know? So to add, uh, to, to the situation, to the pain, it was the fact that I, I didn't know for some reason I wasn't connecting with people. You know, I was just really, I think God really had me in a place of just isolation, just transforming me and talking to me. And I needed to learn better social skills and these kinds of things, learning how to connect with people, learning how to connect with my family, learning how to feel okay with just, you know, being by myself, you know, and not really feeling that, that loneliness like that. But anyway, at that time, I was very, feeling very super lonely, you know, and um, when the, the one person that I loved being around would ghost me, it would just, it would be excruciating. It would hurt me a lot, lot, lot. And I remember it was just causing me to change because I didn't want to feel that way. I started making changes. So I remember she had decided to move to another state, too. She decided to move to a different state and it really hurt really bad. And, um, you know, I couldn't I couldn't sleep in my own bed. Um, 
you guys might hear some construction, you know, going on at my place. There's some construction going on outside, but nevertheless, we're going to keep going. But she decided to move and um, to a different state. And like I said, I couldn't sleep in my bed, so I slept on the couch. It was just that painful for me. I was just that uh, emotional about the situation. The couch had a um, large window. It had a large window um, right by it. And when I would sleep on the couch, it just made me feel closer to her. You know, it made me feel closer to her. I felt like she was coming back. When I would lay by, lay on the couch, like I felt like she, something was telling me she's going to come back. <laughs> you know, she's going to come back. And just talking about this just lets me know how difficult things was for me, especially trying to fix that attachment style, you know, being attached to her that way and um, feeling the way that I did, you know, it's it's kind of embarrassing to talk about, but I mean, you know, it is what it is and it's humbling and um, this is what it was, you know, I can't, we can't as people try to come across like we just are never affected by things, you know? I am affected. I am affected. Sometimes the strong people that we see, we feel they're never affected. No, they're affected from celebrities on down, you know? You say things to people, you do things to people, people are affected by those things, you know? So anyway, I just felt like, um, you know, she was going to uh, come back and she did. She did come back and, um, you know, we did connect again. You know, we reconnected. And uh, she still was coming in and out, in and out. And I finally just stopped this cycle of allowing her to leave, to ghost me or leave and return. And um, I, I got myself a real girlfriend because that was really a situationship. I felt like she just wanted the perks of a, of a of a some sort of relationship type of girlfriend type of situation or something, but at the same time she was my very close friend. At the same, you know, it was like a lover friend situationship. I don't know what it was. She was non-committal, uh, didn't want to be with me or nothing like that. But you know, um, wanted to be with me in a way like we were together sometimes. You know, so anyway, I got myself a real girlfriend and. Um, it helped me to uh, get focused. You know, uh, I had to just stop that. I got a real girlfriend. I was with her and it was it was all good. Um, you know, and, and let me say this. <laughs> I've been talking about being with a woman, right? I don't even know how many of you know that, uh, you know, I court women, that I date women. You know, I am gay. <laughs> I'm gay. So I hope y'all know now, you know. I came out as pansexual, but I really, really love women, you know, and pansexualism, that's when you kind of really, it, gender doesn't matter to you. I feel like I'm still kind of pansexual, you know, gender doesn't really matter. It's really more so about that person's heart, their spirit, their soul, how they make you feel, their energy, their vibe. I really go off of that. You know, I really want to know, you know, um, uh, how this person thinks and, you know, um, uh, how they make me feel, you know, uh, this is, this is really more important to me than, uh, someone's gender. That doesn't really matter to me, your gender, you know? So I think that, uh, I may still be pansexual, you know, uh, uh, overall women really do get my attention. I haven't dated anything, but women since 2015, I think, you know, when I met, this one that was going in and out and uh, ghosting me and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, um, I'm just know that you know I'm on the LGBTQ spectrum. That's me. <laughs> you know. So, uh, you know, if you have something you want to share, you know, again, you can heart repair. Email me heartrepairpodcast at gmail .com. Share your story with me. You know. Uh, let me know you're on that LGBTQ spectrum as well, <laughs> you know. 
So uh, I like to say, you know a lot. <laughs> I'm trying to stop, but hey, I'm working on things. This, this is not a perfect podcast, and it probably never will be because I'm not even trying to make it perfect. You know, uh, I'm just here to help. This woman, you know, I had not seen her for years, you know, a few years, a couple years. And all of a sudden last year, here she go again, popping up, following me on Facebook. But I didn't let her follow me, you know, because when I'm done, I'm just really done. And I start really my eyes opened up and I'm like, damn, you did that like you. You know, I'm not trying to be the victim or anything. I'm just saying the reason why I just didn't want to be bothered is because you're ghosting me, you know, and I let you come back so many times, you know, and it has to stop because you haven't changed. You're going to ghost me again. What? You know, I feel that there's something else you're going to do. You know, I just don't trust you. I don't trust people after a while. You know, once, you know, they do a number of things and I'm done, done, done. It's just that's a wrap. So. Not only did she try to follow me on Facebook, she tried to follow me. She followed me on Instagram. I let her come. You know, I let her in on Instagram because I'm like, damn, I blocked her on Facebook here. She go being persistent. You know, she follows me on Instagram. I let her in for a little while. I let her follow me. Then I blocked her on there, too, because I just started getting annoyed, you know, just seeing her face, you know, and seeing her on my timeline. And it's just like, what do you want? You know, I'm not patient enough sometimes for all of that. Like, people have tested my pay. I'm, I'm one of the most patient people that you can really meet. Really, I really am. Um, sometimes I'm not that patient. But overall, I can be very patient with people, you know. But then here she comes. She's following me on, um, I blocked her on Instagram. So then I started a TikTok not too long ago. Here she go following me on my TikTok. I'm like, how does she find me? You know, I just started this TikTok. You know what? You guys can follow me on TikTok. It's called um, Doc Savage Life, Doc underscore Savage underscore Life, L-Y-F-E, on TikTok. And now she following me. So I just let her follow me on TikTok, you know. It's like, to me, I feel like, you know, never again. You know, I feel like never again. Like, what what does she want? You know, these, these exes, they just linger. I don't get it. It's just, I don't know. Once I'm done, like I said, I'll be done. So it ain't no... Uh, no more chances after that you know once it's just you run out of chances and i'll be done so um you know in 2019 before i go on to 2019 you know i get exhausted you know with some of these relationships and just lingering people from the past and trying to figure out what well, what do you want when they return and like I just don't understand it but anyway a breakup happened in 2019 and um, it really helped me fix more of my attachment style you know it um, it really helped me to straighten it out more this woman I just loved her deeply like I, I really loved her a lot lot like deeply and she even told me she was like you know you I feel like you love me too much. You know, I don't feel like I love you as much as you love me. She told me that. And when a person tells you that, they mean that. You know, there's an issue, you see. And uh, I just really liked her a lot. I loved her. You know, she was really feminine. And um, I just loved her divine femininity. She was very um, beautiful, uh, very quiet and soft. You know, she... Um, she had a little rough side about herself, but she was so petite and so cute that even when she was rough, you didn't really take her seriously. But she is a problem. <laughs> I felt like she was a problem. You know, she can be very, can seem so sweet, but she be the devil. She really the devil. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> she quiet. She's soft. She's beautiful, but she's the devil. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> she was a lot of fun and, um, you know. I had broken up with her a couple times before she officially just broke up with me and didn't come back. You know, I had broke up with her a couple of times and it was because, you know, she never had time for me. She was bread crumbing the shit out of me. She was just giving me bread crumbs. You know, I seen her every day, but 
you know, it was in a situation where I couldn't, I was seeing her every day, but it was not like I was spending every, you know, time with her. She had to go one way, I had to go another. But anyway, I don't want to speak too much on that because people, people be listening, you know, that know me, that know her, you know, so I don't want to get into that too much, but she didn't have no time for me. I really think that she wasn't gay. You know, I feel like she was more so desperate. She was just desperate, you know, which is embarrassing. You know, they just, I don't like talking about this kind of stuff because, you know, it, maybe I, maybe I, the woman who I met that told me to do this, she came into my life for a reason for a couple of, for two days just to help me with this. Cause I do need to just put my pride down more and I, I need to probably, this, I think it's a pride thing, you know, because it's embarrassing talking about this stuff you know it is for me it is i don't know about nobody else but to tell you know that somebody was that desperate you know you you're gonna switch over to being gay because you desperate you know because it's that dry on that side you know and i feel like you know she what she did was she eventually ended up uh ending things with me and she went back to men you know and i'm happy for her uh the reason being is because i don't feel like she belonged on these side of the tracks you know, this this is not for everybody right here. This is not for the weak. You know, I ain't calling her weak, but I'm saying, you this right here is hey, this is the real deal, holy Philip over here. You know, stay on over there and deal with them dudes. You know, if you can, because dealing with women, hey, that's a whole nother ball game. I'm just saying, it's a beautiful thing. I love them, but baby, let me tell you, it's not you know, hey, it ain't no uh, vacation over here sometimes it is sometimes it is a vacation <laughs> but i'm just saying she went back to me and i just remember um i was following her friend you know i was following her friend of hers and her friend posted one day she said uh in her story she said you know yeah my home girl said she got some dick you know she got some d-i-c-k and she felt it in her heart she felt it up in her heart and some just told me that's probably that's probably her she talking about you know the girl that I was with, she talking about, her. and it just, it just, I don't know. When somebody leave you for to go back to the other side, it's a different kind of pain. I think that you feel, you know, it's a different kind of hurt that you feel because you be like, damn, you know, we lost one, you know. I couldn't turn that out. No, I'm just playing. I never try to turn people out. I like for you to have your own choice in things. I, I, I don't really, I'm not into that. But anyway, I just blocked everybody. I blocked her. Blocked everybody. She. And got on. So, but, um, I don't think, uh, like I said before, I don't really think that she was gay, gay, for real. Um, I think maybe she was curious, desperate, you know, or something like that. I don't know. Uh, but I know when she left me, I cried real tears. You know, the last time I saw her, I cried real tears. And I didn't make any sounds. They was quiet, silent tears, just uncontrollable. Like, I didn't even, like, make a facial expression. I was just sitting there staring straight, and tears just began to just uncontrollably fall from my, on my face. And she began, she wiped my tears, and she was like, don't cry, Kim, you know, don't cry, you know. And I felt she was genuine, you know. She just comforted me for a moment. It was just like, don't cry, you know. And I just told her I can't help it, you know. It's just, they just coming down, and she, you know, she just was like, you know, you can't make me be with you. You know, and I felt like, wow, I can't make you be with me. Like, I felt like, dang, you felt like I was trying to make you be with me. Like, that was really interesting. Um, she's not here to tell me where that came from or why she felt like I was trying to make her be with me, you know, because I wasn't. You know, I don't feel like I was trying to make her be with me. You know, it wasn't that at all. Um, I'm not going to go into it. You know, people be wanting their cake and eat it, too. You trying to play me. But, you know, whatever. So that's over and that's done. I lost 20 pounds behind that breakup with that woman. I lost 20 pounds, you know. 
And this is something that happens often. Sometimes people gain weight. Sometimes people lose weight, you know. But uh, breakups can cause a, a lot of um, emotional discomfort, you know. But anyway, um, it was terrible. <laughs> but okay, so um, moving on. My first love, you know, was a woman. You know, I dated men before, but I never, you know, it wasn't a man that was my first love. It was a woman. And uh, men, I liked them. You know, I, I liked some men, but uh, not like how I like women, you see. And this woman, we had gotten an apartment together, you know. I was probably about 25 years old. We had got an apartment together, and I really kind of feel like I was playing um, Captain Save. You know what I'm saying? I was Captain Saving it. And, um, you know, we had an apartment together, and uh, she ghosted me. You know, we, we was together in that apartment maybe about six months. I, I would say about six, maybe seven months. Maybe six, seven months, I want to say. And she ghosted me. She just disappeared and, um, <laughs> for days, for like maybe about a week and a half or so. And um, I was worried, you know. Uh, and again, like I said, this is not easy for me to talk about. You know, it's, it's not easy to talk about how somebody just dipped on you like that, like you wasn't nothing. You know, like you wasn't, like you're, I don't know, it just feels weird talking about this this way today. Um, let me sip some of this uh, cranberry mimosa. <laughs> but she um, was gone, and uh, I was super worried about her. You know, I didn't know. I was. I remember talking to my mom about it. You know, I was just remember hoping that she would, you know, turn up. You know, like come back and tell me what's going on. You know, and uh, she did. She uh, called me one night. And I was like, oh, my God, where you been? You know, what's, are you okay? Like, what happened? You know? Anyway, she was like, don't ask me no questions. Can you believe that? She said, don't ask me no questions. These females is a trip. So she was like, I'm going um, to come over. I'm going to come over there or whatever. Or I might have said to her, you know, come through, let's talk or whatever. So she said she gave me a time. So what I did was I went outside. And uh, around the time when I thought she was coming, when she said she was coming, and I like hid behind some bushes because I wanted to see who was going to drop her off or how was she getting there, where she been, you know. So she drove up in a car, you know, by herself. It wasn't nobody that dropped her off. She just drove up in like this little two-seater vehicle, right. And so she had her garage door opener still. So she let herself in the under garage or whatever, you know, the gate came up. She went in or whatever. And I hurried up and ran, you know, inside and, get, you know, to beat her before she got into the apartment so she came in and um you know she didn't tell me much you know she just you know said she wasn't you know don't ask her no questions and these kinds of things but long story short the reason why this woman disappeared on me or ghosted me was because she felt that I wasn't ready you know she felt like I wasn't moving fast enough for her. You know, she wanted to go to gay clubs. She wanted to use sex toys. You know, she there's things that she wanted to do that I wasn't ready to do. You know, I wasn't ready to come out. I was in the closet, you know. Hey, and if y'all don't understand that, if people don't understand the closet, they don't understand the closet. That's where I was at, in the closet. I wasn't ready to come out. I was a, a baby, um, a baby, uh, pansexual, you know, or whatever you want to call me. Um, not really into titles all that much, but... I wasn't ready for all of that. And so, you know, I guess she went and found her somebody that was, you know, so because come to find out later on after I shut down shop and moved out, she wanted me to stay in the apartment, too. She was cheating on me. I didn't even know. But she she wanted me to stay in the apartment. She was like, I was like, well, I'm getting ready to move out. You know, you haven't paid your half of the rent. She was like, no, don't move out. You know, don't move out. No, stay there. I'm like, what? I'm not about to pay this rent by myself. I'm moving out. I'm closing up shop. I really feel like, you know, she wanted somebody who was going to take care of her, you know, and I wasn't, I'm not, even to this day, I'm not into taking care of anyone. You take care of yourself, I'm going to take care of me, you know, I'm going to add to your happiness, you feel me? That's just me. 
I'm not into taking care of people. You feel me? I'm going to love on you. You know, I'm going to take you out. I'm going to support you, look after you, you know, protect you, um, be there for you, uh, these kinds of things. But take care of you, I'm not going to do. So maybe that's what that's what she wanted. Somebody, so she found that. But anyway, not long after I had closed, you know, had moved out and everything, she um, contacted me and um, wanted to see me. So um, wanted to talk to me. So this is when, you know, I met up with her and this is when she went ahead and told me, you know, um, you know, I was actually cheating on you. You know, and it's, it's funny how I just really, I really trusted in her because I had no clue. I had no clue that when she left me for about two weeks and a half that she was cheating on me. I had no clue. So when she told me, I was just really surprised. Um, by that time, I kind of was over her and um but I it's still I just I don't know I think I have this thing where I have this issue where I just numb out like I don't even feel it you know there's times when I just won't even allow myself to feel the pain of the betrayal the pain of you know the ghosting the pain or whatever it is I, sometimes I just I just numb out and um you know, she told me she was cheating, and uh, you know that's that's what it was. She um, actually uh, remained friends with my mom, you know, which really kind of drugged my. It kind of made it harder for me to like recover because she just was hanging around still, and to this day, she still contacts my mother at least two or three times a year. You know, it's just interesting how these exes, they just linger. I don't, you know, email me. I just need some emails. Email me. You know, what matter of fact, I'm going to do a Q&A, you know, and you just tell me in the Q&A if you've experienced this. Talk to me about your experiences with exes just lingering, still hanging around, popping up on social media, just still, you know, just hanging around, just in contact with your family members or whatever, just any kind of way that they can. But I want to say that this person, you know, during the times that she would come popping up at my mom's house or these kinds of things, she would always, if I, if I just showed up, she would always apologize to me. She apologized to me. I don't know. I can't even number the times that she apologized to me. And I felt, I would always tell her, you know, it's okay. You know, you've already apologize so many times you know you've already apologized but she would just continue to apologize and she told me one day she said you know why I keep telling you sorry why I keep apologizing to you is because you loved me for me you are the only person that loved me for me you know for it was there was no other reason you just loved me for me you know and I just told her you know you don't have to keep apologizing but um to this day if something negative about her pops up in my head, I can always, that's my go-to. She apologized genuinely so many times for cheating on me. Like she just kept apologizing for it. And it, it actually um, helps me when, whenever she just pops up in my mind, you know, um, just the things that she's done. I can always say, you know what? She apologized. She took accountability. She apologized. And it's, there's nothing else there after an apology that's all a person oh you really some people don't get that so she did apologize my first love i thought i was gonna marry her you know but it didn't work out as you guys can see and uh it didn't work out for a reason you know um if it happened it happened for the good but there was another that I thought I was going to marry. I really thought she was the one. You know, I really thought she was the one. She was um very, very um thoughtful and generous, sweet and kind. Um, she supported me, encouraged me. Um, she made me feel safe. Uh, we connected and on so many different levels, and I just loved her a lot. Like, I just, I don't know. I just loved her a lot. And um, 
I was deeply in love with her. And, you know, we were on and off a lot. You know, there was just communication issues. I feel that I was processing her in the wrong way. She was processing me in the wrong way. Uh, I feel like I was being misunderstood. You know, I, I just really was being misunderstood. Um, I was also learning, you know, while being with her, there was things that I was learning, you know, and unfortunately, sometimes we're not prepared for relationships. We actually have to learn as we go, you know, and um, even at my age, you know, and I'm not going to say my age, but even at my age, we, we're still learning. I haven't had a lot of relationship and I just, you know, embraced my sexual orientation. I just really, uh, I'm just navigating this, you know, and it's, it's, it's heavy. It's a lot. And, um, but we were on and off a lot, which was very painful. And, um, there was a time where we broke up and she just, she just ran, you know, for whatever reason, she just ran. She didn't even try to really reconcile or give me a chance to really reconcile, I feel, you know, she just ran and she ran and got into another relationship right away. I think we had been broken up about two weeks and it just, I watch, I'll admit, I watched the whole affair via Instagram. Like it was prime time. <laughs> I watched it, you know, don't judge me. I watched it via Instagram and um, just to watch her express such deep love for someone so quickly it was a pain that I can't even express it just really hurt bad and um I just it was just a lot and um you know watching her hold hands with, with someone so soon and express so much deep love for this person and it just caused me a lot of pain. I just feel like that some of it was vindictive on her end. I think she just was really doing some of that to get me back. But who who knows? You know, I don't know. Uh, I just know she served it up. <laughs> you know, that was served up. I shouldn't have been watching her Instagram anyway. But I felt I needed an explanation. I needed an explanation for her. I invested in our relationship, you know. When we met... We met and she never went home, really. You know, it took her a minute to go home. You feel me? She basically did that U-Haul thing. We did that U-Haul thing. You know, yeah, I had that experience. I'll never do that again, though. That'll never happen again. I'll never let anybody just move into my spot. And I don't know you, you know. I didn't even know her. But, but it was so, such a connection. You know, it was like I knew her before. We just flowed. It just worked with us. You know, it just worked. I wanted her to be here. You know, I wanted her to be with me, you know, um, at my place. I didn't mind, you know, um, but it was just wasted time. You know, it was just, I don't want to say it was wasted time, but it was just um, disappointing. I'll say if anything, it was very, very disappointing. In conclusion, you know, I am um, like many others, you know, we're all intuitive and um Many times people think that you don't know certain things, you know, when people can see right into your heart, right into your soul. I know I can. I can. I know people's heart, their motives. If I don't know it right away, I find out later, you know, they either tell me themselves, they'll confess it to me, you know, or either. You know, God will let me know. You know, the angels will tell me this person, you know, they'll they'll let me know what that person is all about, you know? And um I just really feel you know, I'm up I'ma play I'ma play victim real quick, you know. I'm a, I'm gonna have a little pity party. I shouldn't because I don't encourage anybody to do that, but you know, I just feel like nobody really gave me a real shot. Like a real chance at just like, like I haven't had, I feel like I really haven't had a candidate that, you know, was solid. And now that I think about it, 
you know, I don't think people that I ever will, you know, I feel like everybody comes with baggage issues, problems, situations, and things like this. Um, but I am hopeful, you know, I'm hopeful and I still believe in love. Of course, you know, I'm a hopeless romantic. I'm single and, uh, I'm enjoying the single life. You know, I am. It has its pros and its cons, just like when you're in a relationship. When you're in a relationship, relationships have their pros and cons, just like when you're being, when you're single, there's pros and cons to it. But overall, I'm at peace. You know, I'm very happy. Um, I'm doing me. I'm living life. I just went to the Kendrick Lamar concert uh, last weekend. It was lit. I like Kendrick Lamar. He got major mad skills. Um, I plan on doing some more concerts. I plan on doing some traveling. Um, and, uh, you know, I plan on dating some folks. You feel me? So um, that's where I am. I've learned a lot. Uh, I've learned that, uh, you know, you don't want to ever just close your options real quick. You know, I feel like we should keep our options open. Um, you don't want to move too fast. You know, you don't want to move fast in these relationships. You want to really get to know people. You want to get to know them for about eight months, you know, if you can. Now, some people, hey, some people, three months and they marry. You know, I don't, I'm happy for you. I'm ha that's, that's a miracle. That's a wonderful thing. If you can meet someone and marry them in three months, two months or whatever, hey, I don't judge nobody, but my suggestion is when you meet somebody, you don't close your options. Don't try to marry them in your mind. Start romanticizing how you guys going to be together forever in the long term. No, just, you know, have a good time. You know, go out, have fun. Uh, you know, uh, do right by people. You know, treat people the way you want to be treated. Uh, you know, listen effectively. Observe. And, um. You know, don't get too excited so fast, you know, when you meet somebody because you just never know they might. You know, I'm not trying to, you know, I don't want you to have no trust issues, but get to know people. You see, um, whoever listened to the end. Hey, thank you for listening to the end. Uh, shout out to you. I love you. And uh, if you're going through a breakup, I support you. You will get over your ex. You're going to, I got over a lot of exes. I'm telling you, you will get over that ex. So um, just stay positive about your love life. Thank you guys for listening. Connect with me. Okay. Connect with me. Five star me. If you're on Amazon, five star me. I should have said that a long time ago at the top of the podcast, but yeah, five star me on, um, not Amazon on, um, if you have a, uh, if you're listening on Apple podcast, five star me. Leave me a review. Um, have a wonderful week.